I just, you know, uh, I don't know if I told you this, but I haven't been in the pulpit. Um, this is the, uh, like f- this is like four, three or four weeks, and uh, so I'm I'm kind of like, you know, holding, coveting, <laughs> just coveting, just coveting the microphone. No, I'm just joking. But I'll tell you, I'll tell you this. Um, Revival is so important to me. The presence is so important to me. The, in the natural, you look at things and you're like, man, you know, uh, oh, well, maybe, maybe Jonathan should preach and all that. And, and weeks ago, uh, I just thought, you know what? Forget all of that. You guys will get over it. We need presence. We need, we need the fathers of the faith that carry revival to come and deposit into our church. And, uh, and that's where we're at. That's what I want. So would you just, whatever the Lord has for you, God bless you. Our house is your house, man. Thank you, Pastor John. Children's stories. You know, I have stories that are crazy stories. All right, um. When you're talking about your children's ministry, it's vital that you raise your children up and uh, release them. Quaxacualcas, uh, Menatatlan, Mexico, years ago, I was to finish out these meetings with several hundred people into, I don't know, maybe there were, maybe, let's say, a thousand, two thousand people in a bullfighting plaza in in Mexico, and on the, I was to finish out the last night. All the others had forsaken me. I was left alone there, and uh, it's before the meeting, and my translator is going to be like a 15-year-old girl that was asking me to repeat everything, and so I thought, man, this is not going to work, and so I got up, and I used the, my Spanish is better now, but uh, back then, I got up and I said, Señor Jesucristo, yo necesito hoy. I need you, Jesus Christ, right now, here. I need you here. And when I said that, when I declared that, his presence just filled this bullfighting ring. And so there's one song that is safe to lead out in any part in the world. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And the presence of God was so strong, and I weep when I, the presence, many times I just weep in the presence of God, and I'm out there, oh, just weeping away. And, and then finally I'm wiping the tears from my eyes, and a little boy has made his own altar call. And the Lord speaks to me to go put my hand on this boy. And man, when I put my hand on the boy, the fountain just absolutely, the bowels of mercy and compassion just open up like a waterfall out of me. And so when I cry, I get nasal too. So it's just total discharge right here over this guy. And then when I look up, there's just a whole... The whole altar, the whole platform is just filled with children weeping and crying. And God is moving. And then, and then mothers came from uh, up behind their children and they got their arms stretched out like mother hands around their children. And the mothers are weeping and weeping and weeping. I'm just absolutely 
just getting hosed down. And then, then I, I stepped off the platform and um, I went and entire families had started, they just started coming, coming down from all over this, this bullfighting arena. And I would just, I just would walk towards them. And then entire families would just fall, sometimes as many as eight or ten families. As I would walk toward them, they would just fall. And they were laying in each other's arms, shaking and weeping in the dirt of that bullfighting. And then the Lord speaks to me, he said, there are many here that are not in my family. I want you to call them now. And so I had enough Spanish to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ because I would go many times, I would just go into a city, I'd get up in the plaza, in the gazebo, start preaching. And sometimes on our, our best day, we saw 300 people come to Jesus in the street. Hallelujah. And so I give the gospel message. People start coming down to receive Jesus. I'm telling you, a little child shall lead them. Now we'll flip over to Geneva, Switzerland. A uh, meeting was supposed to be over at nine o'clock. Yeah, nine. The Swiss, the inventors of the clock. Yeah, we must be finished by nine. And at ten o'clock, things were still ripping. And so I just said to this, the leader, Bedek, or Bedros Nasanya, Bedek, what do you want me to do? So give them an opportunity to go home. People, no one is keeping you here. If you want to go, go. No one leave now, please, all right? <laughs> if you want to go, go. No one moved. It was after midnight with the Swiss. The Germans think the Swiss are more controlling than they are. The Swiss would not leave the next morning. I'm so tired from the night before. I said, Lord, we go into worship. His presence is there. He's just waiting for us. You know, many times when we're waiting on him, he's waiting for us. And, and I just said, Lord, I'm tired. I don't want to have to facilitate this meeting. Put your anointing on someone else. And when I said that, I felt the anointing come from behind. And I turned, and there's this little four-year-old girl, a little Jewish girl, Cedar Destin. I said, Cedar, baby, come here. <laughs> I said, Cedar, I don't want you to feel any pressure. <laughs> I just want you to do what God tells you to do. And that four-year-old girl proceeded to go to every adult in the room and prophesy the secrets of their heart. And adults were left in puddles of tears on the floor, some of them for hours, because the secrets of their heart were told them by a four-year-old girl. There is no junior Holy Spirit. And finally, one, you know, in Cyprus where we have daily worship with young people from all over the world. And we just sometimes, you know, instead of 
typically our worship is to, for two hours, but sometimes when, when God comes, I mean, he puts eternity in the hearts of men, and who cares about time when eternity's there? Appreciate your enthusiasm this morning. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, I took this, I took Jacob, we call him Kobe. I took him, he was, he was, uh, I think, three at the time. I took him in my arms, and I just taught him how to stretch out his hand and touch. And when he would touch, whoever he would touch, they would go down like they'd been hit by a sack of concrete. A whole room wiped out for the rest of the day. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We pray, Lord, for spirit of life for the children. We want to see them the way that you see them. We want to discern the gift of God that's in our midst and, and call it out. We want to be faithful stewards of the most precious resource that we have, and that's this next generation. And we ask you, Father, and we, we declare Psalm 110 over this place, my people shall become volunteers in the day of my power. And we pray such a release of the power of heaven into this place that there will be such a willingness, Lord, in any area, every facet, God, that there would be such a release, God, of volunteers in this house. We give you glory and we give you praise in the wonderful, precious name of Jesus. Amen. I want to speak to you about prayer this morning. It's so important. There, there is a politically charged world... God is not political, he's governmental. And there's an increase of the government of God that has no ending to it. There's an authority that comes with the king of all kings and the Lord of all lords. And this king of glory, Jesus, the righteous, the sinless one, the king of glory, laid down his life. He came and was found in fashion of a man, a real man. And, you know, he knew who he was at age 12. There in the temple, astounding the religious leaders. But in complete obscurity, for those next 18 or so years in Nazareth. And then all of a sudden, after baptism, we know it was as he prayed, the heavens opened and Holy Spirit descended and remained on him. What would it look like if we had that level of authority in that realm to pray here and see heavens open over central Nebraska. There's something about the strategic location of spirit of life 
You are a city set on a hill. You have a prayer room, a watch tower, if you will. You have this opportunity to be more than the typical church where there is this get her done attitude. I want to get in. I want to get out. I don't want to be disturbed. I don't want to be inconvenienced. I want to do my, my time and then I want to get on with my life. The only thing about getting on with your life is that there are people dying all around us. Neighbors. Almost an entire generation that is being seduced and destroyed. God's antidote for that is always prayer. Always. The God whose eyes run to and fro across the earth to show himself mighty into the hearts of those who believe or towards him. He has trouble sometimes. I mean, Isaiah said, I look. I look for someone who would stand in the gap. I look for an intercessor. But I could not find one. Therefore I said, with my own right arm, I will get and release deliverance. God, is original design for us. Original design for Adam was to have a, an authority and a, a dominion over the earth to subdue it. We know that was lost. And we know that the usurper, the adversary, the devil, he has presumed to take that place. But I want to tell you, the redeemed sons and daughters of Adam have the most power on this earth. Behold, I give you authority over all the power of the devil. What happens? We get robbed. We get plundered and stolen from again and again. And we find ourselves weak in faith. So we just want to muster up enough so that we can take care, our prayers take care of just our little world. But God is looking. God is searching 
for those that will say, God, we want to stand. We want to stop the plagues of meth. We want to stop the plagues of the sexual revolution that is destroying a generation. We want to stand, God. We want our voice back. We want, Psalm 5, give ear to my cry, O God. Attend unto the words of my prayer. My voice you shall hear in the morning. In the morning I will look up. Cry is much stronger and deeper than a prayer list. Thank God for the prayer list. Thank God that He gives us understandings of how to pray. James 5 declares and speaks about Elijah. That he was a man of like passions as we are. In other words, he was made out of the same stuff. He had problems. You know, where he was going to get the next meal. You know, he, had, he didn't have the arches, golden arches. He had the ravens, man. <laughs> How would you like to be fed by ravens? That'd be a little different, wouldn't it? Thank you, Father. But he had a life of prayer. The first, the first thing he does, there's no record of what happened with him before. We only know that he was of this, kind of like this Nazarite type situation. He was just... A wild man in the wilderness. But something happened in that wilderness where he gained an authority and announces to a king, the God before whom I stand, at my word there will be no rain. And at his word for three and a half years there was no rain. And he prayed again. He said, well, Elijah's in another league than, than I am. No, it's still clear. He was made of the same stuff as we are. That means every single one of us can access what he found. In Matthew chapter 6, you know, Jesus, many times he had just spent an entire night praying. And after one of those times that he came back, his disciples, they were regularly manifested, the spirit is stupid. Doesn't that help you and I? <laughs> 
And, but when they saw him come back from one of those seasons, night seasons of prayer, they said, Lord, would you teach us to pray? I remember going to the east and we, Russia, Ukraine, Moldova, all these places, we just, we just went. And, you know, we started, we went there, where to start? Well, we decided we'd start at the Kremlin. You know, cut the head of the snake. <laughs> I get two KGB agents that escort me out of the Kremlin. <laughs> they, I, get, I got thrown out of the Kremlin. But we saw hundreds come to Jesus in those streets. I even preached in a, in a high school and saw 190 kids weeping and receiving Jesus. This a, a 10-minute message on the God of creation. And so we started going. And we would do sometimes five services in one day. I never knew where they were going to take me. It was kind of like you were kind of in like a Christian mafia. I don't know. Where did we go? I don't know. Rabbi Boris, our pastor... Nikolai say, you go here. Yeah. And they take me like, and I would be in these, like, one time my daughter Joy was with me. She said she was on a cot, a cot and snow was blowing through the double pane window. She said, Dad, there's snow coming in on me. I said, there's not snow, we're inside. When I woke up in the morning, she was still asleep and there was her blanket was covered with white. And in those times, we were in this apartment there in the heart of Kiev, and the worship team, they were praying all night. And I thought, golly, how am I going to sleep? I need to sleep. I've got to preach tomorrow. Finally, at around 4 or 5 o'clock, I decided I decided if you can't beat them, join them. And so we went up, we prayed, we laughed, we received communion. We were filled with joy. We went into the service. It was a four or five hour service. Again, with hundreds coming to Jesus, with miracles happening. The worship team played for most of that time. And they were strong, as strong at the end as they were when they started night prayers. Many times we would pray in cold rain, sometimes for hours. And there's still today night prayers happening all over that region somewhere. There's a, a prayer meeting going on. And because of that, there has been a proliferation of churches all over Europe, the Middle East. The Ukrainians are, and Russian types are, are releasing revival into Europe. Revival into the Middle East. Where did they find? 
Where did they, what was their source? The same source that Jesus had. Being before Father. With perhaps some agenda, but the best prayer I know is to go in with no, no agenda. And just say, open your heart. And just say, God, just help me. Help me. Teach me. This, well, the disciples said, teach me. Teach us to pray. Show us how to pray. You know the track. You've, it's been declared and preached for so many years. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those that trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. What, what elicited inside of them this desire for prayer. If anything in our life with God degenerates into duty, we've lost our first love. We've left it. If, if doing church is a duty then there'll, there'll be no life attached to it. You're just appeasing something in your conscience that knows that's what you should do. Church was never meant to be an organization. Church is supposed to be family. So supposed to be community. And at the center of it all is prayer. At the center of it all is heartfelt, rending heart prayers. Jesus taught them. He said, first of all, when you give alms, it's not if. So giving's a part of it. We say, why is giving a part of it? Because where your heart is, that's where your treasure will be also. And so if your heart is just for the temporal things, then you always got to guard, you've always got to protect, you've always got to, you know, watch out what's yours. But there's something called eternity waiting for all of us. And there's something called sowing into heavenly realm. Psalm 122. Those that sow in tears shall reap in joy. And if we sow to the heavens, guess what? We can see rains and showers of blessing on our land. Someone give him praise in this place right now. 
Someone give him praise in this place. Then he said, when you pray. Not if, when. He said, don't be like the scribes and the Pharisees that they're in the public place. Lord, I'm so spiritual. It's like, there's some cultures I'm in that's like, God, that's so much work for nothing. When I'm in Jerusalem, I, I enjoy going to the the Wailing Wall, going into the inner court where all the different streams of Judaism and, they're, and they got leather straps on, they got the phylactrophy beating their head, they got all kinds of stuff. It's like, wow, what was that? When I'm in there, I just keep praying, Lord. Take the scales off of their eyes. That one time, I was actually asked into a Jewish prayer circle. It takes nine guys, ten guys. It takes ten. It takes ten guys. Thank you. I should have known that, but numbers are getting a little bit interesting now. And so I'm a baking eaten Gentile. I've got my little yarmulke, kippah, the kippah, it's hard to keep the kippah on, you know. And I'm before the wall on a Arab Shabbat on the night of the Sabbath. I'm before the wall and I'm weeping and I'm speaking in tongues. I mean, you can fit in right there easy, you know. <laughs> and I'm weaving and bobbing. <laughs> and all of a sudden, a guy comes over to me from the conservative stream and says, uh, hey, would you like to uh, join us for uh, Torah prayers? Oh, yeah. <laughs> And so they're doing the Hebrew thing, and I'm doing the Kudur Bashandai. <laughs> you can laugh in church, all right? And uh, anyway, so what, the whole time we're, they're, they're, we're praying. I'm praying, Lord, remove the sky, scales. And one time there at, across the Kidron, right across from Mount Zion, I was, I was preaching, and and nations, many nations came forward to receive Holy Spirit. And it was just a holy mess up front. And then this guy comes and he said, Jeff, there's a, there's, a, there's a guy back there who can't be seen here. If he's seen here, he's in big trouble. But he asked me, he's never asked this before, he asked me to come ask you if you would go back and pray for him. He's the son of one of the leading Orthodox rabbis here in, rabbis, rabbis, here in Jerusalem. I said, oh, yeah. And I walked back there 
He was right by the exit behind a partition. I had this same bless God, I'm going to get him. And when I walked around, I was overcome with compassion and love for him. And all I did was take him in my arms and pull him real tight. And I wept over him. And I saw this, it was this British worship leader that had asked me to go pray for him. And I saw him in Dallas months later. I said, hey, tell me about that guy. What's up with him? He said, oh, Jeff, I didn't tell you. He gave his life to Yeshua, Jesus. He is following Yeshua. And I can confirm his salvation because the last time I saw him, he was wearing blue jeans. Hallelujah. Somebody give him praise in the house. That was not in my notes, by the way. Prayers. Stir it up. Stir it up. What would it look like here at Spirit of Life? If that prayer place was full day after day, what would it look like if it was like the scripture that says, I have put watchmen on your walls, O Jerusalem, who will not give me rest until I establish Jerusalem a praise in the earth. What would that look like for Carney? For this whole area? A region that still has moral fiber to it. Good people. Righteous people. But I'm telling you, beloved, everything is under assault now. Areas that were once bastions of righteousness. Many are, are becoming shredded by humanism, secularism, and the perversions that, that are in the media. The seductions that come through those things. I would that men would pray everywhere. Raising holy hands without wrath. Are doubting. Lord, I just raise my hands in spirit of life right now. I have no anger, God. I have love for your church, for your people. I have no doubt, Jesus, that you are faithful to every one of your promises, that they are always yes and amen in you, Christ Jesus. I ask you, Lord, that you will lift up the hands that hang down. I pray for a cancelization of assignments of discouragement, God. I pray the full release of Isaiah 56, and I even, I, I will bring them to my holy mountain, and I will make them joyful in my house of prayer. Thank you, God, for a joy 
The spirit of life will be known for a joy that becomes unspeakable and has fullness of glory inside of it. Hallelujah. I want this, Jesus said. Finally, he said he wanted there to be giving of thanks. One of the best prayer ways I know is instead of begging God to do something, thank Him for the release of it. A thankful heart prepares the way for the presence of God to come. Instead of focusing on what you don't have, focus on what you have. And say, Lord, I'm thankful. There's sometimes I thank God for a good burger. Hallelujah. Especially in some of the things I have to eat across the world. <laughs> I thank you for fried chicken. I thank, I thank God. There was one time driving. Uh, after meetings in Denver, driving through Wyoming. And I put the earphones on because my wife sometimes and my daughter can speak faster than I can listen, you know. And so I was like needing some like ear, earbuds, you know, whatever. And I put on some good worship music and there were rainbows, double, triple, deer, elk, antelope, sun going down, all this stuff happening. A, a falcon with talons open almost hit the windshield. And I'm just like blowing up inside. Wow, God, you're amazing. Blah, 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 blah. And all of a sudden he vo voiced over the music and said, I appreciate that you appreciate the work of my hands. And then like Bartimaeus, I shouted all the more, Wah! The pastor will come after this and minister to all who've been traumatized. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. One of the best things I know in unlocking heaven is thankfulness. Thank him for your wife, for your children, for your family, for your husband. Thank you for automobile. Think, well, it's not much of one. Well, come with me. I'll show you how thank you can, thankful you can be. Thankful for our, instead of praying down on problem, thank God for what he's going to do, what he's going to release. Thank you, Father. I know, would you come? Thank you, God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God. There's literally been times. I remember a, a demonized man coming 
with rage charging me. And as he threw his fist, I just said, in the name of Jesus. And his fist stopped right at my face. He tried and tried. And he could not break the wall of defense around me. And after that, he fell down on his knees and asked God to forgive him. And he was born again. The prayer, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails or accomplishes much. The only way we lose is we stop. The only way we lose is we don't give voice to our prayer. Prayer is not something we do, it's something we live. It's a lifestyle of an open heart that said, God, here I am. God, this life, it's not mine, it's yours. Holy Ghost, I am your temple. Fill, fill me. Jesus, my heart is your throne. Reign in me. Let your righteous scepter be extended over me. So like Esther, I can find a place and an authority to rescue the perishing. Those that are destined for destruction through my life, through my prayers, make me a catalyst for transformation around me. We moved, we moved. We were homeless for those three years. We moved into a challenged neighborhood. Our home had curbside crack service before we bought it. Prostitute working across the street in the apartments. Drug parties on the other corner. Regular drive-by shootings. White church people told us we were crazy to move into that neighborhood. I said it's a good place for an evangelist. Wife my daughters would bake cookies and sweets and treats and go to the neighbors. I'd mow. I'm still mowing. I, I, I didn't know I took on a neighborhood mowing contract. <laughs> Trash cleanup. I pay 
some of my neighbors to pick up their trash. What's wrong with this picture? We now have the most peaceful neighborhood that we've ever had in our life. I get accosted sometimes by the, the homeless, the prostitutes, the drunks. Preacher, you gotta help me. I get regular con I get regular correspondence from prisons. The prostitute across the street, girls would minister to her. One day, I was out at the mailbox, just getting my mail, and she came across. Her name was Erica. She said, Preacher, I need prayer. I've been diagnosed with cancer, my parole's being revoked. The state's coming to take my children and I'm being evicted from the apartment. Would you pray for me? And right there at my mailbox, she received special delivery. Special deliverance. Years had passed and found out these ones were going into the women prison. We have se several prisons in our area. I said, hey, what about Erica? You know, have you met a woman named Erica? And they just lit up and said, oh yeah, she's one of our most faithful members. She's there at every meeting. She is vibrant with Jesus. The drug parties across the street. It was actually a one of the pastors now here in Nebraska, Mariano. He was living with us at the time from Guatemala. And we were sitting on the front porch and the drug party place across the street. This big brother gets thrown backwards outside of his house and goes around the side of his house and picks up a tube of four and He's going to go back into his house and beat his wife with that two before. And Mariana said, we need to call the police. I said, well, no, we're not going to call the police. That's why Jesus has us here. So I go walking towards him, and he starts using language that I can't use here. You're about to bop, 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 I'm on to bop, bop, bop your head. And I said, no, you're not. And I touched his shoulder and released the anointing on him. And he starts shaking and drops the board. And as he's there shaking and trembling, I said to him, this is foolishness, the way that you and your wife are acting. I said, let me go inside, talk to her, and we can, we can, we can work this out. And with terror in his eyes, he said, she won't let you come in there. She was a little, little woman, but dynamite comes in small packages. 
So I go in this little filthy house with trash everywhere. I go to the back, and the reason why I knew her name is because one day men had, her sister was a lot bigger than she, had used and abused her sister and just thrown her out like a piece of trash in the front yard, and she was wailing and screaming. And um, I just got my wife, and we went, and I just spoke the name of Jesus over her, and immediately she stops, and I go lay her on the couch, and that, that's how I met that family. And now I go back, I knock on the door, and I say, Mita, this is your, this is your neighbor, this is Jeff, this is the, the preacher. I said, this is foolishness, the way that you and your husband are acting. Let me call him in. He won't, from behind the door, he won't come in here. He will too. She comes out, he comes in. In less than five minutes, they are on their knees, weeping in each other's arms, asking forgiveness from one another and asking forgiveness from God and asking Jesus into their heart. I feel I'm just to stop just for a moment on this. And I ask you, Father, that you would free, free all of us from the strife of tongues. Let nothing be done through strife our vain glory. Yeah. A gentle answer turns away much wrath. I want to speak to the brothers. Be careful the way you respond. Be careful to not let the sun go down on your anger. Be careful that you Make sure you bless your children. You don't speak what they can't do. You declare what they can do. And you promote health in the home. Dear sisters, please. Please read Proverbs 31 and say, I want to be every part of this. Our families are under assault. Good families are being broke up. And it's a devilish assignment. God wants to renew us. God wants to revive us. God wants to restore us. Father, we thank you for this house called Spirit of Life. We thank you in advance for the moves of God that are going to be released here and through here. We thank you, Father, for activation of our sons and daughters in the prophetic and prayer and life. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Father, for a baptism of love. For an immersion of an entire people in your love, God. And in this love, 
that you put for you and for one another. There'll be a knowing in the neighborhood, in the region. Those, that, that place, those are real disciples because of the intense love they carry for one another. I want to counsel now assignments of discouragement, especially to every intercessor prayer person. I want to say your prayers are changing things that you can't see yet. He is opening up in the valley of trouble doors of hope. Three abiding things, faith, hope, and love. All three we must allow to abide inside of us. Don't give up your hope. Don't lose heart. Jesus said, I would that men pray everywhere and not lose heart. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I just wonder, this morning, anybody that just wants to stand up and raise your hands and say, Lord, would you just pour your spirit out on me fresh today? Would you ignite fire inside of me in the place of prayer? Would you help me in my weakness? Would you help me and strengthen me in your calling on my life? Would you help me to know and follow you? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I just want to speak now to the young, younger generation. Get rid of anything that pollutes. Any doubtful habit, put it away. Anything that when you've, when, after you've done it, you feel like you've been slimed or you feel like, wow, where did my strength go? I pray right now, God, for the fire of consecration. For the fire of sanctification. That that separates us from this world. We are in it, but not of it. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Now I ask... Any that are standing, you say in your heart, I want to build a fresh altar today. Come to the front quickly. Thank you, God. If you want to stand, you want to kneel, however you want. It won't necessarily be a time of ministration and the laying on of hands. It's just you saying, 
before God. I want to rebuild my altar. I want to be available for the spirit of grace and supplication to be poured out on my, on my life. Thank you, Father. Would you just sing over us, Anna? Thank you, God. Thank you, God. It's my joy to love. She sings, just feel the freedom just to open up your heart and begin to pray. You want to pray for one another. There's healing that comes when we pray for one another. stay and minister as long as we want and as long as we need here. Uh, 
I'm just going to have the ushers just put um, offering baskets in the back as you're leaving. And you know, one of the things um, I appreciate about Jeff is he's just unassuming and he just goes where God wants him to go. And uh, I often call him and I'll just say, so where are you at in the world? <laughs> and he'll tell me. And uh, one time I asked him and I'm like, so like, do people like, do they pay your way to get there? Do they like bless you when you're there? And he's like, well, sometimes. And, uh, he's like, he's like, I just trust the Lord. I just go where I need to go. And, and uh, if the Lord would put it on your heart, and if you didn't come prepared, then then don't worry about it. But if if God would put it on your heart to um, sow into Jeff and Millicent's ministry, there's just offering baskets back there. And Linda Niemeyer's, I think you have a way to give electronically. And, we're just going to go for it right now. Just We're just going to stay in the altars and, and, and worship. And um, if you have children, you want to go get your children and bring them back in here and have them get prayer or whatever, just to feel free to do that and relieve our children's workers. And we're just going to stay in this atmosphere for as long as it takes. Um, God bless you guys. It's me.